close encounters of the third kind, actual contact. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. All I gotta do is look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human. After seven years of research, I am more convinced than ever that the creature known as Nessie is a real, living animal. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. Mysteriousness is episode 30. Welcome to it. I'm your host, John Jay, and with me, as always, my co-host, Jared Walker, and Hello. the Lances, Lauren and Mike. Hey, hey, hey. We're joined by special guest Stewie B from the Something Planet podcast. Hey, guys. Glad and to be in the spot. my lovely wife, Leah. She's a- <laughs> she's our number one fan. Yep. She's yeah. She's the only one that's been asking for more episodes of the show. So no, actually, well, we've here got, we are. We've here got we got quite are. a few emails. Like, hey, are you guys ever gonna come back? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we and just, here we are. We kind of forgot this show existed. No, we you forget. forgot. You forgot. We were taking a season break. Oh. Oh yeah, we had to record an entire season. It's just an eight-month season <laughs> break. Eight months. Yeah. <laughs> no, we recorded an entire season over that break. Well, yeah. we're, we're, we're planning. We're upgrading the studio. Once we have we have been rebuilding the studio. That is yeah. Fair. Let's explain real quick. Uh, uh, our uh, flagship yeah. podcast, Something Planet, which uh, takes place at a totally different location. Yeah. No, it's the exact same location. We did a Kickstarter. Thank you to anybody that contributed to that. And uh, we're in the process of updating the studio, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to do more of these for you every year. Uh, Starting off, we're going to talk about some sports conspiracies. I love sports conspiracies. Me too. Especially that involves, like, sabotage or something like that. I got a friend, like, he's so crazy when it comes to sports, like, when his friends come over to watch shit, he tells them where to sit. Yeah, that's really stupid. And if they don't sit in the right spot, he won't enter the room. What's his name? Michael. What's it's his not the last same. Name? It's not our Mike. It's not our Mike. So hold on. Did he? Does he explain his methods though? Well, yeah. so he's so he's got a bunch of these. Uh, one of them is that he's got another friend who came over, and before this, his favorite team would always win. When his friend was sitting on his right. Oh, I see. But I for it. one game, his friend was sitting on his left. And they lost. And they lost. Oh, So God. he won't allow this friend over ever again unless he sits on his right. So Michael sets it up that not only is the guy sitting on his right, but he never is on this guy's left. So he puts his left the closest to the kitchen. Are you serious? Keeps, yeah. Keeps the guy the closest to the bathroom on the right, so he never has to cross over to the left. Oh, God. It is that insane. That's you know, these, deep. These yeah. sports guys are pretty nutty, you know? It's like, um, it, it drives me nuts because, like... Like baseball players, you know, if they're on kind of winning streak, they won't change their socks some of the time or their underwear. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah, there's gross ones like that. I don't know if everybody still does yeah, that. And they kind grow of shit. mustaches and it looks nope, horrible. Same yeah, guy they won't have wash to get the his jersey. I'll say one thing in that defense. Does he play on the team? No. Well then <laughs> he doesn't can make wash sense. the jersey. John, no. I'll say one thing in the defense of the baseball players at least. At least they're playing the game. Mm. It's even weirder for like the random millionth fan to be like in their house, like, no, if I don't if I'm not on the left hand side of this individual, my team will lose. That's yeah. a weird Lump jump of logic. I love it personally because, like, a lot of people who are into sports, usually there isn't much of a crossover into supernatural or like conspiracy theories or shit like that. So, like, 
just looking at them and going, no, you're just like us. It's just a different <laughs> theme. Yeah. That's nice to me. Well, I like that. Well, the human brain is wired to see conspiracies. Yeah. Patterns. So Not necessarily conspiracies, Let's check out some patterns. of these patterns. Here's some good... Uh, Here's some good conspiracies. Michael Jordan's first retirement was a secret suspension for gambling. That doesn't even seem that far-fetched. No, it doesn't, because everybody knows that Michael Jordan's a gambling addict. Is he? And he's not very good at baseball. Yeah, that's why I got <laughs> cast in uh, Space Jam. He lost a bet. Yeah. You're fucking with... No, so, so just months before Michael Jordan announced his first retirement in 1993 and eventually pursued a career in baseball, the NBA had launched an investigation into Jordan's gambling habits. Also, Jordan said during his retirement press conference that he might come back to the NBA if David Stern lets me back in the league. So this doesn't even seem like that much of a conspiracy Isn't theory. that the plot of Space Jam? No. He lost the no, no, the plot of Space Jam it? is aliens yeah, steal basketball like powers. 12 years. The plot of Space Jam is that Michael oh, Jordan is addicted to heroin and a, and a stealer <laughs> makes him. <laughs> and he has a heroin dream where the Looney Tunes no, come legit, to life. No, legit though, that girl buddy was hot as fuck. No, um, but he Lola. seriously has a problem Lola. and it's hereditary. His father was a terrible gambler. So, oh, so really? here's yeah. here's why it's probably bunk. The quest uh the question conspiracy theorists struggle to answer is why would the NBA cover up Jordan's gambling misdeeds and kick the best and most popular asset out of the league for two years? The more likely scenario is that Jordan, one of the sport's fiercest competitors, just no longer felt challenged by basketball and needed something. Nah, no. I don't know. I like the conspiracy. Uh, that the seems the bunk part seems Flimsy. Yeah, at that best. seems more conspiracy. It's yeah. like, like okay, I'm, it's like it's uh, laying low. Yeah. Like oh yeah. shit, uh, they're investigating me. He was I'm gonna so retire. good at basketball. He quit basketball. Yeah, because he wasn't. No, he said, yeah, that doesn't happen. He probably, a, yeah, he probably said um, I'm just gonna lay low for two years and then I'll yeah. come back and yeah. then I won't have all these gambling debts and yeah. then. And There's another fine. Jordan conspiracy theory that the reason he got. He left wasn't because of the suspension, but because he got tricked on a casting couch and the <laughs> video got uh, circulated. So the casting couch video. <laughs> Have you looked for the video? No, I made it up just now. Oh, fuck you. But it is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's a conspiracy I mean, theory. You can, you it's can, salt theory. No, no, no. You can figure out if that's right or wrong in two seconds. Nothing leaves the internet, I mean, especially right. if it's porn. Here, uh, number two, the NBA rigged the 1985 NBA draft for the New York Knicks to get Patrick Ewing. The frozen envelope. Patrick Ewing was one of the best prospects in years, and the league's uh, marquee franchise needed a star. Also, the person placing the envelopes in the bin seems to throw one against the side. And the one David Stern pulls out with the Knicks logo inside appears to have a bent corner. A second theory says that the Knicks envelope was frozen, which would make it easier for Stern to identify. Actually, that's a pretty good plan. You just freeze I mean, the envelope and you touch, you find the cold one. Yep. Yeah, no, that's... I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, that's that how we sounds, can cheat on raffles. Yeah, that Charity sounds, raffles, guys. No. Oh, that God, sounds like a magic yeah, trick. That. That's a racket. That sounds like a, yeah. a stage show magic trick. John, you should start hosting raffles and we could cheat for it. You could cheat for us. Sounds good. That's what Leah and I do at work. Uh, let's see. Carl uh, Cal Ripken Jr.'s record streak of games played was saved by an intentional power outage. Why fans believe it's true. In 1997, two years after breaking Lou Gehrig's record for most uh, for con most consecutive games played, a game between the Orioles and Ma Mariners was postponed because of an electrical failure that affected the lights at Camden Yards. This led to a wild rumor that the team intentionally caused the failure to save Ripken's streak when they learned Ripken would be unable to play after he got into a fight with Kevin Costner. What? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Can you click on that link, yeah, please? Yeah, click that link. 
Gotta dive down this rabbit hole. Uh, That's actually yeah. pretty good. By the time you get to the bottom of this rabbit hole, I want to talk about this a little bit more, this one in specific. There's another one that says Cal Ripken was replaced by a clone. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Holy shit. No, there's way too much to go through here. I, All didn't, right. I didn't know Sports Lord dug this deep. This is interesting. Do you know? You want to know what my theory is on that one? Oh, sure. please. Okay. It wasn't a blackout. It wasn't intentional, and it wasn't a blackout. Everyone in the stadium was suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease. Everyone in the stadium yeah. closed their eyes at the same time. Yeah. That's not what Lou Gehrig's disease does. All right, you know what? <laughs> I was curious yeah. if I was wrong when I first thought it, so I Googled it. Here you go. You ready? You fucking ready? Please read it. <clears throat> A nervous system disease that weakens muscles and impacts physical function, like the eyes. <laughs> Oh my God. Hey, here's a conspiracy theory. It also theory. explains why Cal Ripken uh, lost a fight to Kevin Costner. Yeah. Boom. No Kevin Costner's physically weak, but Cal Ripken was compromised I'm solving by Lou Gehrig's. I'm solving mysteries here on Mysterious This Is... You're doing and something. You're right. welcome. Uh, the NBA rigged game six of the 2002 Western Conference's final to save the L.A. Lakers season. Mm, no. The Lakers trailed the Sacramento Kings... The Lakers shot 27 free throws in the fourth quarter and scored 16 of their last eight p- 18 points at the free throw line. So they're saying the the refs like were calling fouls more often. I don't know. I don't think the NBA Probably had not. a part in that. I think maybe a private investor, a couple of private investors who have stock in the team. But why would the NBA get involved in that? They would, if that was the case, they would get involved in it every year all the time. Doesn't make sense. How about number five? The 1995 New Zealand national rugby team was poisoned prior to the World Cup final. I believe it. New Zealand doesn't have laws. I don't know if you guys know that. This is a great one. I love this one. In in front of their fans, South Africa defeated the heavily favored New Zealand squad in the final of the 1995 World Cup. Before the match, many members of the New Zealand team came down with food poisoning, and after the game, their coach blamed a mysterious waitress named Susie. No, I mean, that's weird. That's too much of a coincidence. Yeah, right, if right. Everybody, if everybody gets, I mean, sick before the game, like that's. that's I mean, oh, I guess it could just be a. a they a went pop. to a shitty Wait, restaurant. I, I like the why. Why it's probably bunk. Uh, it's probably bunk because one of the team's managers is on the record saying, "Yes, we made up Susie." Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. They drank well, doggy mean, milk. They were all sick. Well, why were they all sick though? Because I'll tell you why. Fentanyl is a real problem in fentanyl. cocaine. <laughs> that's a huge issue. Wait, wait, we're, a, a, a real problem where? Cocaine. They put fentanyl on cocaine. Oh, they call that um. You need some what do they fentanyl. call that? They call that uh, Calvin Klein. There's a little Russian teenager who just died of the Calvin Klein mixture. This is real. I just read this article like yeah, twenty minutes this ago. This is why. Because who the that. fuck else would play rugby if they weren't high as fuck on a cocaine? So they got a bad batch. They Wait. called it Susie, and there you go. Can I ask a quick question? Dodgy to John? milk is like because John knows like a good name for a drug. Because John knows this shit. Fentanyl is the shit that killed Michael Jackson, right? Yep, that's the stuff. Oh God! So fentanyl plus cocaine is like a super for loco. Yeah. Yes. Big that's upper, a, big downer. I have to try it. Number no. six. The NFL destroyed evidence from Spygate to hide what the New England Patriots were really doing. Yeah, they I totally were recruiting believe this. Uh, yeah. Russian spies. <laughs> No, for Trump, for Trump, uh, Trump 2020. That one chick Apparently, was not. Th- this was uh, they were they were caught spying on the New York Jets mm-hmm. during a game, so they basically like hacked into their system. And yeah, I yeah, I totally believe sets, this. Yeah, I totally believe that this fucking happened. <laughs> Bill Belichick is a known cheater. Well, no, he is known. The Spygate thing is real. It's the other thing. Yeah, well, they said that they that they uh, destroyed the tapes and stuff. I mean, that's that's solid. Bill Belichick is a known cheater. 
Uh, Pete Rose had a secret agreement to be reinstated to baseball after a lifetime ban. I don't know why. What? Why is that? A, why is that? I mean, they wait. didn't. They they didn't. So, so it doesn't right. seem all that likely. All right, how Pete, do you get? Reinst- we'll let you back in if we change that fucking haircut. All right, we'll let you back in as long as you're banned for life. That doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, so, so the conspiracy theory is that he had like a secret agreement with the then head commissioner Bart Giamatti, and that dude died eight days after the suspension. So many flan- fans believe that his promise to Rose died with him. I can't speak on this, but Paul Giamatti is a phenomenal actor. So I oh. mean, on the record, I thank wanna, you. I can't. I want to let you know Can that I take think the microphone I, away I from think he's mic? solid. I can't speak on this, but I'm, there's a significant. There's a lot of like. There's not really enough ghosts and aliens in this to well, really make sense to me. It's sports conspiracies. Oh, yeah. why, why did he have to oh, die? Get, Maybe gotta... he got abducted. Okay, sure. Next in 1965, one. Muhammad Ali knocked out Sonny Liston in a rigged fight with a phantom punch. There we go. Now, this ghosts. is solid. This is actually Thank a big you. conspiracy theory. I Phantoms. watched a documentary on this. Go on, John. Uh, in the first round of their championship rematch, Muhammad Ali knocked Sonny Liston down with a punch that many in attendance did not see, leading to the name Phantom Punch. To add to the confusion, Ali did not immediately retreat to a neutral corner, delaying the referee's count. Liston staggered to his feet after about 20 seconds and resumed the match. However, the referee then stopped the fight after the official timekeeper signaled that he had count- counted Liston out. This led many to think that the contest was rigged. So, it's not Muhammad Ali's fault. He's like, I didn't even fucking hit him. Why did he fall down? No, you're right. Well, but, uh, from the, per the documentary I watched, Muhammad Ali wasn't a part of it at all. It was actually a mafia. That sounds like mafia it, it, shit. It, it, was, it was apparently Sonny Liston had huge gambling debts. He was in with the mafia, and it was like Muhammad Ali was like up and coming. At the time, I think he was even, I think he just converted to Muhammad Ali, but he, a lot of guys were betting on him. It's called Islam. He converted to Islam. He well, converted to Muhammad Ali. Well, well, let's not make a big thing out of it. You know? <laughs> Listen, me too. Hashtag. But, um, but yeah, so it's a solid documentary. I, I loved it. All right. The 2000 NHL draft was rigged so that Pittsburgh Penguins could draft Sidney Crosby. I don't care about this one at all. <laughs> all right. Number 10, the NBA rigged the NBA draft for the Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron James signed with the Miami Heat. Nah, I don't buy that. By that. There's a lot of draft conspiracies. Yeah, people are just like, we didn't get the guy that we wanted. There's, uh, there is one that I read that wasn't on this page, which was the 2014 NBA Finals, uh, the Heat versus the Knicks. And one of the conspiracy theories is that the owner of the Knicks hired somebody to sabotage the AC unit in the stadium so that the AC would go off, causing uh, LeBron James to get cramps and therefore not be able to play the rest of the game, which caused the Knicks to win. Cramp, Crampgate. Crampgate 2020. <laughs> Krampus. Krampusgate. Are we talking about stuff that's not on this list now? Yes. yes. Oh, thank God. Okay, I have my favorite one. This one isn't even a conspiracy, but it is superstition. This is superstition, which I prefer. I like, see, that's what I was talking about earlier. I don't care for sports conspiracies as much as I like superstitions, rituals. Oh, are we talking about the Chicago Cubs curse? The goat curse? No. No, no, no. I'm talking about the big dig. Oh, the jersey? Yeah. Okay, so check this out. Give us the highlights. When they were building, I'm not going to read this. I'm just going to tell you how I know it. So if it's factually wrong, it's not my fault. This is how I know the story. Check this out. So the Yankees were building a new stadium. This is what I've been told. They're building a new stadium. So one of the guys who was like laying down the this concrete. This is like 10 years ago, I think. 
Yeah, I, I don't fucking know. It uh, wasn't that long ago. The article I'm referencing, so I get my names right, because I don't like sports, so I'm making sure I remember the names. I'm referencing an article that's 11 years old. Yeah, so, so it was a while back. This happened a while back. So anyways... Modern sports history. The Yankees were making a new stadium They're building or their some new shit, stadium, yep. right? In New and York. There were some guys laying down some concrete, and one of the guys laying down the concrete for the stadium fucking hated the Yankees. So what he did was, is he got his Red Sox jersey, because he was like, yo, Red Sox are way better than these guys, fuck them. So what he did was, he took that jersey, he put it at the bottom where they were putting the concrete, poured concrete over it, and was like, I curse you, I curse your dog, I curse your team, I curse your wife, I curse your shit. Oh, dog. Oh, she's quoting. That's a direct quote. Yeah, direct quote. That's what he said. And then he pissed on it. I don't know if he pissed on it, but I'm pretty sure he did. Mixes concrete better. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. I'm not sure if he did. I just made that up. So, uh. But what I do know is that they covered up this uh, jersey, and somebody on the Yankee team found out, and then they spent a fuck ton of money after it dried. They found out after it dried. They went and spent a fuck ton of they money. found the jersey. To exhume the jersey. Because really? They, yes, because they wow. felt uncomfortable. Well, that's playing. black magic, right? That's yeah. some super superstition. Well, yes, you said they hired a company that specialized in deep radiology. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they, I esca- left that excavating. Out. No, no, yeah, no, no, they no, had no, to no. find the they jersey with like ground penetrating radar. X-rays. Yeah, yeah radar wow. and X-rays. They actually looked for it first, and they were like, "Holy shit!" Like, is that a jersey? Nope, another body. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what's so powerful about the superstition, Lauren? Is they actually like consulted with like a company to come in and multiple fi- companies like that's deep superstition yeah. it's like okay so we saw some fabric underneath this concrete let's dig on Does our it own matter nope. no but like we're gonna contract probably who, for an exorbitant amount of money yeah who Jeez. gives a shit if there's some fabric under your concrete baseball people they that's, do that's, to them that's to them that's like a that's like a real curse to yeah, them. yeah. and they that's spend their religion a yeah. fuck ton of money they were treated like People from Boston are good at cursing. But it was like the That's thing true. that I find fascinating about it is that it's got like it's got like this like this old school magic vibe. Yeah, like it. it's the same thing as if like, you know, somebody put like a curse on you, you would do you would probably go through the steps to yeah, reverse like, the yeah, curse, right? It's like, well, like put this gri under your front stoop. Exactly. It's like it's like it's like someone put like Hot foot powder on my front stoop or a gri-gri bag. Wait, wait, hold up. Hot foot and gri-gri? That sounds like a couple of people I knew in the hood back in the day. Sounds Hot like foot and ingredients gri-gri? That's, soul food. That'd be, that would be a cool Can you do name. a quick definition? Hot foot? Hot foot powder is... I'm not going to define this very well because my knowledge of voodoo is not great. I, I don't practice it because I don't it's think like it's appropriate It's like goofer dust, but it causes pain and not zombies. Um, but basically, it can be any mixture of powder, and the intention is is if you step on it, if you if someone will put it in your path. It gives you that hot foot. And if you step on it, you're cursed in some way or another. So you don't actually literally get hot feet. It's, it's just a curse. No, it's not like itching powder. Okay. It's, it's a curse <laughs> of some sort. Okay, it's what about, it's magical. What about Grigri? I need to know. Well, there's like gri-gri bags, so like you could. <laughs> okay. well, well, that's still not defining what gri-gri is. <laughs> gri-gri is essentially a, bag. a physical form of a blessing. It uh, can be, or or a curse, depending on the intention. So it's it's not a bad or a good thing, but I could I could. It's like a physical manifestation of a spell. So if I took 
say I took like some sage and some other things that I thought were positive and I put them in a bag and I also invoked some sort of spirit. Um, and yeah. I said, you know, come into this bag. That's all I, I need to hear. Oh, so it's like good juju things. or bad juju. It's like a yeah, similar yeah, yeah. type of Hey, any right. spirits want to get in my bag? You want to get in this gree-gree? Yeah. Anyway. Get up in that bag. I'm, anyway, moving I'm on. I'm not the ultimate source for that, so please don't quote me. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. No, we're going to quote you. We're <laughs> <laughs> moving on to some UFO news. Uh, oh, Area wow. 51 is uh, apparently going to be the next location of the fire Festival. Um <laughs> You motherfucker. No, uh, half a million people, or nearly half a million people have pledged to storm Area 51 to see them aliens. <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> Naruto, run! That is one of the things that they said they're going to run, just yeah. run at Area 51 with their arms behind them. <laughs> do the Naruto one. Do you guys do that in uh, CrossFit, Stuart? <laughs> Naruto run. The Naruto run? Yeah, the Naruto one. The Ninja run. Always, uh, every day. It's a warm-up. It's still warm-up. By late Friday, was when we're recording, 496,000 Facebook users RSVP'd yes in hopes of catching up with their otherworldly friends at the event that's titled Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. Oh! <laughs> no! <coughs> it's, uh, the problem here is they planned it too far in advance. Yeah. <laughs> and they um, made it too public too soon. Dude, this is half a million people. No, they're absolutely right. They cannot stop a half yeah, a million people. Even the military couldn't stop that many people <laughs> if they get all of them to come. It's true, but like the 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 front group, you know, like the Marines of this group, they're fucked. Like the people right up on the shores, they're yeah. screwed. No, like, you got to get in the middle somewhere. Yeah, in the middle to back. If you're a listener of our podcast, middle of the pack, middle of the pack to the back. So here's the description: uh, We will all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry, according to the event organizer, whose Facebook handle is shitposting because I'm in shambles. Yes, <laughs> I like the sincerity there. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than he their bullets. He said it. Yes, <laughs> he said it for real. Yeah. It's We're in the event uh, description. I don't think he envisioned that 500,000 people were going to sign this thing. Sometimes the inter- internet provides. Sometimes it does. It's like Let's it's see benevolent them. God. Let's benevolent. see them aliens, he concluded. <laughs> Area 51, uh, it goes on to explain. Uh, let's see, F- folks, bad news. Facebook user Jen Pratrill posted on the event's discussion page, this event is planned for September 20th. While I love this planning time, this gives them a lot of time to move the aliens out of Area 51. If we want to get oh. our extraterrestrial pals into safe and loving arms, this needs to happen ASAP. Oh, fuck. I love that. Was, that's actually good, a good thought process Where are they going to put them? They, got because they can't stop that many people, but you're right. They could technically try to move the That is artifact. such a interesting argument. The argument isn't like, hey, you know, a hundred thousand of us could get killed. No, it's not that. It's just like, hey, we guys, need to move this yeah. up. They'll die in vain. Yeah, That's what the argument is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, guys, they're gonna move them by the time we get there. Well, I mean, so, sacrifices uh, snap, have to be snap. made to get hot alien waifus out of Area Fifty One. <laughs> Gotta get them out. You fucking would. <laughs> That's uh, wow. How many, how many people Why do you think okay. I signed up? How many people wow. do you think are actually going to show up for this? Ooh, should we do 80,000. 80,000. You, 80, you want to do a pool? 80,000 hipsters. Okay. No, they'll show up. Then I don't think they're going to Naruto run. I think 2,000. No, no. You're wrong. 2,000. I don't think 80,000 will Naruto run. I think 80,000 will show up for drinks and for fuckery. And then, like, maybe a couple thousand will run. A hundred will do the Naruto run. The first hundred, Naruto. <laughs> and they all just get killed. Yeah. I think it's going to be a bunch of hipsters, a bunch of tank tops. 
Bunch of bunch of PBRs. How many people RSVP for Facebook events and then actually? Yeah, it's like show ten. It's, it's like one percent. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, it's no. Not it's not one percent of RV, RSVPs. RSVPs, it's like fifty percent. Yeah. Of RSVPs. Really? Yeah. If you're talking about maybes, like zero yeah. percent. No, maybes are about twenty-five percent. Maybe it's 25? Yeah. But RCPs are about 50. Yes. So if you have 500,000 so people... So you think a quarter million people are going to show up? I'll tell you this right now. John, if we were close, we would show up. We wouldn't do anything. We would just go. Oh, I might go. I would go to the back and I would film what happened. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm I not would. I might go, but I'm not putting my name on a list, no, okay? No, and you're not like, going to Naruto run. There's a lot of people that wouldn't no, put their name no, on a list. I'm not walking I'm, up to the front. I'm, there's a lot I'm of old millennials run. and Gen Xers that aren't putting their name on that list. No, I'm... That might be 800,000. I'm bringing up my pouch couch and I'm sleeping in the back until shit I'll pops tell you off what, and though, I'm taking if pictures. They, if they make it through, I'll go in. Yeah. That's true. That's and, and, and come wait till they... It's for the gram. Yeah, I'll Naruto walk in. Wait till they give up. All right, moving on. Uh, Oxford I'll University... I'll believe it. Oxford University professor claims aliens are already breeding with humans on Earth. Okay, that's weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean... He looks like the kind of guy that would believe this. The Korean academic has written a book called Alien Visitations and the End of Humanity. North or South? Uh, he's from South Korea. <laughs> Opa! The second best Korean. Dr. Young Hai Che is an instructor in the Korean at Oxford's uh, Oriental Institute, Ooh. part of the prestigious university. It's uh, a bit dated. Huh? He thinks this new species will save Earth from annihilation and um, from co- climate change. Right next to pictures of naked chicks. Yeah, well, this is the sun. So. I kind of, you know... I, I love Blackpink. Can Blackpink be involved? Blackpink? I love that group. Leah does, too. Dr. Chai first said the hybrids may already exist in a lecture oh. in 2012, but has now written a book on the subject. He believes there is a strong correlation between, between climate change and alien abductions. Um, okay. Like, why? Uh, so, yeah, he believes the, in the strong connection. Uh, he says he's identified... Basically, he thinks that the aliens are here because they're trying to interbreed with us. And nice. Jared's into this. Yeah. Jared's getting that big titty <laughs> alien waifu. Hey, me too. I, I, just I believe know. in do, this. Do, does my alien's waifu's booty cheeks clap like a theremin? No. You... Does my wa- does my alien waifu? You stop right there. No, I don't care what her booty cheeks do. Wow. No way to support Lauren. Anyway, anyway, so it, it has to do with climate change. She didn't ask me for your hand because he thinks that they're here to to colonize the Earth and they they want to make us be able to survive. Oh, they're terraforming. Climate change. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And also, they're near that sweet, sweet. Well, they're Earth they're. Dick. Uh, they're taking the planet over from the inside. You don't have to have an invasion that's like violent. Yeah, all the you way. You could inside. just breed the humans out. So it wasn't it wasn't humans' fault for climate change. It nope. was damn aliens. No, it's probably humans. No, it probably oh, still was. Yeah, probably also, humans. We're the only race in the universe with a dick, so that's why they keep coming to us. Yeah. Oh. It's appealing. Nah, uh, yeah. no, well, you know, like that's some false. people when they want to set the mood, they light candles and burn incense. Aliens uh, destroy the climate. No. Wow. No, that's on us. But no, I actually... He says he's identified uh, four types of aliens. Small, tall, and bold, scaly with snake eyes, and insect-like. Oh, Super I'm scientific. All of that. I'll take one of each, please. So tall... Uh, let me guess. I like tall, how granular he's getting on this. Well, tall is, it says he's an Oxford professor, but I think he's... he's yeah, I don't he's know, like a, he's <laughs> I like No, he, uh, he is, but he, uh, he's a... He's like a linguist professor. Is he a shamed professor? He's not a scientist. <laughs> no, is, he, is he current? I like 
this guy. So tall aliens. <laughs> this guy. There's plenty. There's plenty of people talking about tall aliens. So he's probably talking about the what the um. I like the Nordics, tall. the Nords. I think he's talking about the tall no. ones. I think he's talking about the Greys. He's talking about the Greys, the small ones and the tall ones. So, oh, so the tall Greys and the small Greys yeah. usually yeah. go together. Both right. And he's also talking about rep- reptilians. Reptilians. The ones that, the bold were the ones I didn't understand. And insectoids. What bold? He, yeah, you said bold at one point. Yeah, small. He's, this is just this is the translation from what small, he said. Tall, tall and bold. Tall, tall and bold. bold. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm. Uh, maybe it sounded better. Was he speaking? Was the original transcript in in Korean? I have no idea. No, Elvish. Small. This doesn't sound very. Uh, his, his book, written in oh, Korean, is called "Alien Visitations and the End of Humanity." Is He's that his face on a bunch of aliens? <laughs> Doctor Chai believes that the insect aliens may be in charge and give orders to the other types. The aliens exist in their own biosystem that humans cannot experience because our perception is limited by our organs, the professor has claimed. Okay, no, dude. Oh, yeah, see, and you see in the picture, the tall one is tall and... Oh, bald is what it's supposed to be, not bold. Oh, oh it's a typo. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, tall and bold. It just didn't seem very... Come on, tall and bold? Like, are we getting into personality I think, we, I think you guys are sticking on the wrong I hate points this, here. I hate what's, this the love, what's his love language? Like, come on, seriously. Here's touch. Here's an article from the <laughs> Oxford student. Uh, this one. So, yeah. He said that the hybrid project is a response to this impending demise of human civilization. He went on to argue that if we act now on climate change, not only can we save ourselves, but also prove aliens wrong in their judgment of our moral capacity. But then it sounds like that. they'll stop having sex with us. Yeah, we when could will do I that? get the fucking ovum depositor? God. No, let's melt the ice caps. We're all going to get laid. I, I just think... <laughs> wow. That's strong. I, I, I kind of stand beside that, though, because, like... <laughs> what the Wait, spark? which part? Which part do you stand beside? Minus the ice caps part. Let's keep them where no, they're No, she's at. on board with my, my conspiracy let's theory. Let's get laid. Like... Melt the ice caps, get laid. No, Melt I, the ice caps. Everywhere's a beach. Yeah. We're all having alien sex. Yeah, we're all having sex on the She's beach. She's always on board with that. No, I, alien sex, I think it should be fine. But I think they should just, just ask us first right. instead What's of like, being so grabby. What's wrong with fucking an alien's ovum depositor? What? Yeah, Mike wants the insect aliens. John gave me the gross look when I said that. I want, I I want, the, I want the tall and bold. Uh, so, Lauren, do you want the short or the uh, the scaly and with reptilian eyes? Do you think there's only four of them? And we That's have what to... he said. That's what the Koreans said. No, 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 yeah. no. There's four types. That's what Dr. Young Chi. We could all have talls and bolds if we no, want. No, <laughs> we're divvying them up. I want all the talls and bolds. No. I, Mike wants all the insectoids. Well, no. I, don't, I don't want to interject, but I would like an even distribution. Please. I, too. Yeah, you're, like yeah, you're not a part of this, Stuart. You want to save the environment this, with my wait, dick. This, isn't, this is not it. This is not a if or like. No, it is. He th- made this pretty clear in this article. No, God, Lauren's coming strong with the buy power. The buy Lauren juju. just wants it all. She wants a healthy environment and free alien dick. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> choose. You want to get? You want to? Well, you want to get I'm laid? Or do you want to save well, the J- planet? Jared, you don't have to argue this. You're right. Humans are going to do nothing to fix climate exactly. change. I'm We're all getting so laid. No, I'm not going to co-sign on this dystopian future. Okay. No, I mean it's it's not up to you. It's too late already. No, but in yeah. all seriousness. And so the aliens are going to say. In us. all seriousness, is li- <laughs> like. So, <laughs> I've been drinking. <laughs> Can we just have that be a new show thing? It's like whenever we're being serious, um, we have to call it. In all like, seriousness, is. In all seriousness, is. 
There were. <laughs> God, I'm gonna say this the wrong way. It's gonna be a sound bite, and it's awful. But just say it. So there were the there were the there were different types. You don't of want bug. Pre- you don't want a bug guy. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going, no, Mike got the bug guy. I'm going before that. I got that. the tall I'm going before that. I'm going They're before genderless. That. There were different types of pre-humans as we know them. They're non-binary, there were, Lauren. Oh, you want a missing link? No, what I'm saying is that they All right, were, you can have a missing link. No, They're not really we, aliens. No, who did we breed out of existence? There was a type of Denisovians humanoid. and Neanderthals. The Neanderthals. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. There were the, hum- there were the Neanderthals, and then there were... The Cro-Magnon? Cro-Magnon. Yeah. Cro-Magnon dominated, yes. So what I'm saying is, is that we can, like, I think my personal theory yeah. is that the, the reason there's that split, uh-huh. aliens fuck the Cro-Magnons. Hashtag privilege. Yeah. Okay, so what? So what I'm saying is, is that it's not a new thing. They've the, been the fucking, fucking us forever. They're, oh, yeah, they're, God. The fucking has been happening Forever. The fucking Yeah, no, yeah, they're, the ju- they, they're just adapting us so that we continue to survive. Also, the Neanderthals are still around. They live in the Earth's crust. Yeah. Sasquatch. Fine, we're no, we're Sasquatch. gonna get to that later. Fine. You know, you know why they live in the crust? Because they're not, they're not as cool as us. Yeah, they're yeah. afraid of oh, alien pussy. Yeah, the fucking They're, they're moving, fucking moving the mole on. people. You ever see Prometheus? Right, stop, stop. We're shutting it down. You ever see Prometheus? Predator-like humanoid encountered in California. Like. The Predator? Yeah, that's what he's describing. <laughs> like, like the Predator. The most pertinent question. Was, you're absolutely right, Mike. Uh, this is a um, this is a uh, user submitted um, encounter. To whom it may concern, I was going to use your report. Uh, so this is from uh, Cryptozoology. News.com. I was going to use your report uh, a sighting, but I prefer to tell the story this way. The story I am about to tell is from my parents that have told it to me several times. I am their son, Adam, in my 30s and currently weighing my options. <laughs> what, the? what options? I don't know. My father is retired now. My mother occupation I do not wish to disclose at this time. Mm. My what? mother is in her Woman 60s. Woman of the night. And father is in his 70s now. My father used to work for Boeing. He used to work on the 737's drilling holes, installation of seats, trays, etc. He also worked on a C-17 one time. He also used to be a truck driver before retiring. Anywho, on with the story. I don't know. He's doing predator noises. Oh, you're doing the predator noises. It made me jump and I'm fucking pissed. The house we lived in was a rental before it was up for sale. The area was a residential street, but not very calm, uh, but very calm, and not many cars drive through it, and everyone usually stayed indoors or was at work. Not very much activity in our neighborhood. We moved in about 1997, and we moved out sometime in 2011. This is uh, definitely an area that's ripe for an attack from the Predator. (laughs) Yeah, the the suburbs. (laughs) Did you not see the Predator movie? No, I didn't. Oh. Was it in the suburbs? Uh, yeah. Well, no, what, <laughs> was, what was the one? Oh, I'm sorry, Alien, AVP Requiem was in the pred- in the suburbs. What was the one where they were in the jungle? Oh, that was the first that one. Was Predator. Predator 1 for sure. No, but like the last one. Where, like, there Predators. Was, like, there was like Aztec temples and shit. Predator. Uh, Alien versus Predator. That was Predator best. 2 was in the city. Oh, my favorite yeah. was the, with temples Alien versus Predator shit. was in the Arctic. Yeah. I didn't care for that one. <laughs> Too cold. Okay, so my mother came out of her house to see how my father was doing and to check on his progress. He was boring, holding anchors in his car inside of the house or something. This guy writes way too much information. Yeah, a lot of information. This guy's lonely. Uh, As she came out, she thought she saw something move from the side of our garage in front of the pine tree to go across our driveway. 
Insert predator noise. She blew it off and proceeded around the cars and to the side of the house where my father was. Too late, Michael. My father was drilling the holes, but my mother got his attention. He was in a crouched position, and he turned around his right and noticed something strange from his peripheral vision. But then he completely turned around, and then for about three to four seconds, he saw something move, then push apart the bushes, then saw bushes swaying, and it was gone. <gasps> my, fa- uh, my father's immediate reaction was, <gasps> no, what, the, what, what was that? Did you see that? He asked my mother if she had seen what he saw, but then settled himself down because he thought my mother would think his, he was just being crazy, and she would just tease him about it later. See, my father is more open-minded and cl- inclined to the supernatural stuff. So anyway, my father tried to shrug it off before my mother could start teasing him, but she confirmed she had seen what he saw. She pushed him to go see uh, what it was and if it was gone. He checked for footprints and to see if any he saw anyone but came up with nothing. Because they're in the trees. Yeah, you got to look in the trees. It was tall, but it was hunched over. It was like a bubble of water was around it. I don't know. It was weird. It moved so fast, but it moved as if it was gliding. Swoosh, my mother told me. It's like you're looking at something, but your eyes cannot adjust. You're looking, and it's blurring the viewpoint you're trying to focus on to see past it. It was like something was there, but you couldn't tell if it was your eyes or what. It was like the predator. It was the cloaking device bending light around it. Yeah, so... Why didn't it harm them, though? Maybe it was an inquisitive predator? It was probably wasn't a real predator. Just another type of alien being. Alien being that was cloaked. I, and we've actually heard this quite a few times. Is like like uh, the the bushes parting and there's nothing nothing there to part it and stuff. Now yeah. you see like blobs and stuff like that. Now hear me out. <laughs> oh God, that's the start of something special. Well, that's the start of a four minute long uh, no, rant this, right there. This is gonna be real quick and sweet. It better be. <laughs> hear me out. I love aliens. As you should. I have adopted many theories that people would consider ridiculous. I support it. No. (laughs) There are plenty of things that I could say (laughs) that people won't agree with. That being said. Get out of here. I'm pretty fucking sure this is a cat. You think they saw a cat? I I think they didn't does see a cat. Does your cat turn yeah. invisible? Yeah. How does uh, the cat acquire light bending technology? Is it tall more? and hunched over? No, I'm saying that a cat moved through the fucking bushes, parted, then the bushes like came back together. You didn't but see the cat. But there was more than that. I think you're I think you're missing part of the. Description. Also, we have to call them by their actual racial name, which is the Yaucha. Nikos. We're no. not. No, that's Nico the, Yokai. That's the name of their race. We're, we are. Oh, the predators. Yaucha. Yeah. Oh, the Predators? I yeah. thought you meant cats. From the movie. No. The how, Predator. Wait, how is there... Okay, so explain this to me. This is uh, this is weird. Yeah. So their entire language... I don't understand why you think I would know anything about this. Hold on. Are you bullshitting me? We're moving on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ghost Hunter me. left freaked out after capturing blood-sucking alien on camera. This is one it of the ones that... was just his wife. This is uh, one that Lauren found. Wow, fuck you. <laughs> what? Was that the right one? Did I have it up already? Uh, no, you no. had the predator thing still oh, okay. up there. No, uh, a paranormal expert was left terrified after photographing what he believes was a blood-sucking alien that landed in Britain. Ghost hunter John Mooner said he had his closest encounter yet with an extraterrestrial after coming face-to-face with a non-human species. He said he attempted to flee but ended up coughing up blood, which he blames on the under- otherworldly invader. And it was probably an Oswang. Yeah, I mean, that that's bad. If you're going to run away from something, but then you start just coughing blood... Yeah, that's, Bad sign. that's a horror movie. Oh, that's one of those Korean vampires. 
Uh, John of Newton Abbott, Devon, describe. Man, I hate their town's names over there. They describe the spooky being as sporting a classic-looking black eyes and an indefinite shape. Classic-looking? But know. rather than coming in peace, the grumpy creature fixed him with a stare and started floating around. It was, dr- it was pissed, as in drunk. Yeah, John said the incident was final proof he had been seeking for that aliens were alive and well on Earth and were living in Devon. He said, I was doing some paranormal investigation, looking for anything out of the ordinary, and I had just walked around in the woods when I saw someone standing there in the park. It was as I got closer that I realized it was no man. It had the sh- I had the shock of my life. It was a gray alien. The gray alien was just standing there, blocking the way I was heading. I fumbled around with my pocket camera and quickly took a photograph before the AA batteries fell out of the camera's batteries compartment. When, what year did he say this was in? This is like from like a year or two ago. There was no time to pick up the batteries to take another photograph, as the alien was now looking right at me. It had the classic-looking black eye. So here's the photograph. Uh, That literally looks like nothing. No, I see the eyes right there. I mean, that could just be like a fist. Look. Yeah, it looks like a (laughs) fist coming towards the camera. The gray alien then started floating in my direction. I jumped back and... And Is fight it? and quickly turn around and started running the hell back through the woods. Don't run into the woods if there's an alien. Yeah, run out Is of the woods. Fuck. All right, Eric. So John said we... he ran for miles before he started unaccountably coughing up blood. Okay. I think if you run for miles at a flat out sprint, there's a good chance you're coughing up blood. Well, you. You, you Mike. <laughs> Someone who smokes three We're packs a day. We're going to post this in the show notes, right? Yeah, people can, can take a look at the picture. Yeah, can uh, someone take a look at this picture? Send us a message on Facebook or some shit. And do you think it's a fist? Like the entire, I, I thought it. I, I thought it looked like an alien head, and now that John mentioned it, I can it see the like fist. It looks like a fist coming towards the like, camera. I didn't consider that at all until I looked at John's weird gnarled hand. I was like. <laughs> That looks like a fist. Are you saying John has an alien hand? Yes. John has alien hand syndrome. With the classic black knuckles. Ooh, I woke up screaming this morning, by the way. Did you? Yeah. He did. I'll tell that spooky later. Yeah, that sounds way too spooky. Um, Remind me. <laughs> Wait, on on air or not? On air. Okay. I'm looking for the But yeah, please, somebody tell us here. what you think. I mean, I don't want to believe that's just a fist, because that's going to make me really mad, because I spent hours looking this up. <laughs> I What I really wanted wow. today... Yeah. Lauren, just, I don't want this to be wasted effort. I thought I really proved aliens were real. I was really excited about this one. No, because there was one thing that I really wanted to do that I didn't get to do today, and I'm still on the hunt, guys, but hear me out. What oh I God. really wanted to find today... A was cat. A, no, I wanted to find... A video or an article about cats, alien ghosts, <laughs> alien, nah. Oh, like ghosts of Mars. Aaron, alien, al- God didn't give aliens souls, so yeah, yeah. that's why there's Aaron, no ghosts. I'm sure they got souls too. No, no, no. not according to the Bible. Nope. Not, not he made Bible. man in his own image, and that's uh, yeah. why we have souls. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of ghosts, three, anyway, three white see? men in a room talking hey. about how hey. You hey. Know, another hey. race doesn't hey. have souls. Hey, what? Shut up. Speaking of ghosts. see a ghost or what? Come on. Paranormal investigator talks about ghost on baby camera. This is in Highland Township, Michigan. A paranormal investigator is scheduled to investigate what happened at a house in Highland Township. He says there is possibly a pattern. In the video, 15-month-old Lily is in her bed when something appears to move in front of her. Heather Burrow and Josh Higgins told 7 Action News that when they checked on the baby, she had a scratch on her face. 
Heather believes a ghost has harmed both of them. It scares us that it could do something else. I mean, there was a morning I woke up and I felt like someone's hands were around my neck, she said. <laughs> you think that's funny? <laughs> that's yeah, terrifying. You that started funny? laughing, John. Because he started laughing. <laughs> no. Anyway, let's you, let's take a look at this. Do you see? Oh, hold on. Let me go back. Make it full screen. Thank you. Enhance. 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 Spooky scare. All right, so that bitch does look scary. No, look at that's, look at the, the, the figure anchor. that's walking. <laughs> what is that? Look, there it is. Oh wow. Oh. Oh wow. Yep. That is a ghost, and even the baby yeah. can see it too. Oh like, yeah, the baby the fuck? went up. The baby was like, what the fuck um, was up with yeah, that? Can you play the actual, yeah, the actual video? I want to compare it to the husband. I mean, but you you can see him disappearing. Yeah. You can see him, like, fade into nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's translucent. Yeah, that's yeah. see-through. And John was showing me this earlier. Look at the couple. They are not technologically savvy enough. Or smart enough. Or smart enough to be doctoring up this tape. It looks too good. No. Look at that. A studio good. would need to be get, get their hands on this. It looks amazingly creepy. good. Yeah, these people are lowbrow. For those who are, for those who are listening and can't see it, look it up. It looks really like we'll compelling. Put this in the yeah, show we'll, notes. we'll have it in the show notes. It's I interesting. Mean, I've seen so many videos of ghosts on uh, baby cams and a lot of stories about babies like talking at nothing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At and at this point, I just think babies are able to see shit we can't. I think ghosts are aware of that. And they kind of gather around babies. Well, they're also able to comprehend the primal language of the world. Wow. Suburbal. Why does everyone tell me I'm crazy when you say shit like that? And and one more point. If you're a ghost and you're a dead thing, like what's the most, what's what's your antithesis? The beginning of life, the start of life. Mm. It's the thing you're drawn to. Mm. Yeah, I I think that ghosts kind of gather around babies. One more reason for me to like yeah, babies not get are pregnant. Essentially, human animals. Well, here's point. another good way to see a, a ghost. This is the uh, psychomantium. Ooh, Ooh, like the villain from Metal Gear Solid. Nah, it's Ooh. psychomantis. I didn't see the video. I just read about this, so I'm I'm excited. Well, there, there no, there's not a video. Of this. Oh, it was something else. The psychomantium: okay. how an ancient tool for contact- contacting the dead is making breakthroughs in paranormal investigation. I wouldn't say breakthroughs, but okay. Well, basically, all they're basically all they're saying uh, is that the 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 flashy little gadgets that they use on the TV shows, mm-hmm. like the spirit like, box, com- yeah, to communicate with ghosts, like the and you know to measure the white noise and distinguish words out of it, like that. And the EMF meter. Yeah, that's like all like not that great, but like this method actually seems to do something. The EMF. EMF reader, spirit box, I think they have their places, but at the end of the day, especially when they're used in like the ghost shows, it's really just the same shit as what they would do in the spiritualist movement of the 1920s. You're right, it's a yeah. bit camp. John, yeah. I'm curious, I've never heard about the method you're describing. Can you tell me more about it? Do they, do they, do they talk more about it? Yes, they do. In a room uh, blocked of all sunlight, uh, Moody placed a chair, so this is the guy who's like kind of, he's basically, he's made the updated version of He's a specialist, of okay. Yeah. He's placed a chair in front of a large mirror hung on a wall, which was tilted forward with a 45-degree angle so mm. as to obscure the gazer's own reflection. So you're not oh. supposed to be able to see your own reflection at Okay. Behind the chair was placed a low-wattage lamp, 
meant to replicate the soft glow of a single candle. I don't understand why you wouldn't just use a fucking candle, but okay. More consistent light. More consistent light, I think, is that the reason it, why. It, uh, before, I'll talk about why that's weird. Before seating themselves in the psychomantium, subjects were asked to focus on a loved one who had since passed. Then, the gazing session would begin. The, resto- the, the results were astounding. Out of the subjects, a quarter of them stated that they had made contact with the dead. So that, that's a good amount. Seeing and even speaking mm. with their loved ones in the mirror's reflection. About 10% of these subjects even said that the spirits actually came out of the mirrors and touched them. In mm. nearly a quarter of the cases, the contact with the dead didn't occur immediately, but within 24 hours of the psychomandium session. See, I don't like that. I don't like I don't that want shit surprise not ghost confined. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want a surprise visit. Like, I do it, like, ah, oh, it didn't work, and then I go home and my grandma's in my bathroom. I can bathroom. talk to you about why that's why there are certain practices that involve scrying. This is what it's called. Lord, no, is, no, tell me more about this. I'm fascinated by is this. That, is this the end of the... Let John finish, and no, then go ahead. I'll, I'll say my go shit. Go ahead, because, I mean, I, I just skipped over that part of the top, because I right, figured cool. you would talk I'm about it. I'm curious about this, Lauren. This yeah. is called scrying. Okay. This is a very old practice... It's been used. There, like, there are multiple. How many uh, uh, thousands of years? How or? many Gerlach bags do you need? Grigri. bags. Gerlach <laughs> sounds like a, a, f- a feminine hygiene product. This, this isn't Gerlach. relegated to voodoo, voodoo, hoodoo. It's not relegated to that. It's across all denominations, basically. Scrying is yeah. It like there are a lot of cultures that use this practice, whether it be mirrors. Uh, yeah, just go through the different methods real okay, quick. Bowls so of water. Bowls of water. Wow, okay. This is cool. Go tell me more. Bowls of water, uh placid uh Pool, lakes, like, oh, pools okay. of water. Anything with a reflective surface. Anything in reflective. One, in one of these pictures they actually did the mirror at forty five degrees and the bowl of water. So you can see both the mirror yeah. and wow. the bowl. Yeah, you can do that too. And can I say one thing? I want you to continue, but you know, that's constant that's been like a constant theme, right? Throughout history, like the reflective surface, the mirror, the water, mm-hmm. as it's showing you things that you can see with your normal yeah. optical ability. But go on. Yeah, th- no, this this goes across cultures. Yeah. And th- but it's pretty consistent. But that's why it's really compelling. Because it's not something where it's like, oh, this is superstition that you see in the islands of such and such. Why is it that human beings across continents, cultures, religions, etc. Eras, yeah. Eras still do this shit. So that makes it they interesting. They do the same shit, yeah. You're right, John. So it's called scrying. Like, scrying. Like, like, like seeking seeking vision. And what does the word mean? Does it mean like, 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 a, like a search for... Finding a like connection via these surfaces, or I mean, I could look it up on Webster, but the, the I'm the, not well, sure the, what the, 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 defin- practi- the practical, the aspect, practical of it. aspect of it is that you're looking into water and or reflective surface like a mirror. Yeah, um, like a mirror, I think is the best way. Well, to specifically put it. for like a contact with the dead, or like for any information. I mean, Con- any information. Okay. It can be. There's multiple applications. I for think this these type numbers are pretty good here. Twenty five percent of people said that they made contact with the dead. As that's much as interesting and, and as better co- conversion than a Facebook ad. That's true. <laughs> as cool as that is, and I've done scrying before. Okay. Um, I've done this uh, solo. I've done this with groups of people. Oh, that's now that's interesting. How large was the group? Um, <clears throat> I did this once on Samhain, so Halloween. I did this like. Three or four years ago, with about twelve different people in the wow. room. Wow! So it was a like combined energy trying to like 
discern some sort of communication with the they world? were all trying yeah and it was it was Halloween so we were trying to find contact past ancestors and shit like that or loved ones and that Very sort of cool. thing um, cool. and scrying isn't just relegated to water or reflective surfaces a lot of modern witches actually take a mirror and oh. they black it out matte black Wow. And it's just the act of looking into nothingness to pull something out. And so what did you see? Anything? I personally didn't get anything out of the experience okay. uh, when I was doing it as a group. Um, Solo-wise, I always have a mirror in my ritual practices anyways, yeah. and I always have a candle in front of it. Hmm. Solo-wise, I've seen flickerings of things. However, I don't prefer to... I really don't like pulling anything out of there. Like why? It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It can be scary, right? There's well, yeah, on like a base level, it's just like get yeah, like why do I want to deal with that? Uh, second of all, there are house rules. Jared says no ghosts in the house. No ghosts in the house. Well, Jared's been firm since day one about that. Yeah. No yeah. ghosts, Jared, no demons. When me and Mike were first moving in with Jared back in like what? Seven, eight years ago? That's, that's a real rule, that's too, by the way. a real fucking no, rule. When I don't want and it spirits was in my house. And it was yeah. reaffirmed when Lauren moved in. It was like yeah. a strong reaffirmation. Like, Lauren, I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your spiritual practice is. Do what no you want. ghosts in the house. Lauren, can I ask you one more question? Last question about it. I know we need to move you on. You can ask as much as you want. But like the witch's cauldron, like the, the classic cinematic scene, the mm. witch's cauldron, is that like a similar aspect of scrying? Using the cauldron you, as a You could source? use a cauldron for scrying. Oh. Cauldron is really just the like the, the stove pot of magical use. It's yeah. Where witches uh, put Stuart, all their period blood you into. You could also <laughs> use <laughs> the witch's cauldron for soup. Well, I, I do enjoy soup. It's, it's clean it out first because sometimes you put pee? weird... All sorts. But little, anyway, little gree gree stew. The, the point gree I'm gree trying stew. to make... Well, there's a lot of points I'm trying to make here. One of the points I'm trying to make is, especially when I did it on Samhain with a group of 12 people, before we did any of that, and this is to talk about what Mike was scared of, which is 24 hours later they were dealing with visitations. Yeah. So before we did this, we took uh, salt... And we went around the entire house. Whose house? Uh, this was a friend of mine. who The house in use. I the, get it. I the, get it. Yeah, the, yeah. The house that was being used. We took salt and we went around the house and made a non... Like, we made sure that the salt didn't break. So there was a connected line of salt all the way around the house. The room was blessed before we did it with water wow. and prayers. Quick question. Um, the salt is not a conduit. It's a, it's, a, it's a wall. It's a barrier. It's a barrier. Okay, got it. Me personally, I, use, uh, I, do, I do it with uh, just granule, granulized sugar, so that way the ants come and just protect yeah. me. John, John actually uses... Very strong. Uh, that's going to cause problems. Incredible yeah. body weight strength. Actually, John, what John uses, he uses that fancy Himalayan salt. With a little yeah, sprinkle of sialysis, that pink salt, that pink sea salt, and a little bit of sialysis. Yes, John's a little bougie. In, in in the whole occult practice, salt is salt. You don't you don't need special no, you salt. You know that you know that bitch with the with the with the umbrella, the umbrella in yeah. the rain. That bitch. Rihanna. Use that. Not Rihanna. I love Rihanna. She, no, the Morton girl. The Morton girl. Yeah. Under Use her, that. I thought we were talking about Rihanna. Umbrella. And it's Ella, got a spout. Ella. It's got a spout, so that's good. Anyways, there's there's. I want to say this before we move on because. These practice, and I'm a, I was stoked you brought this up, These John. These are non-religious versions of the same, These of what you're doing. These practices bother me hmm. because there's a huge movement. There's a bunch of these, like, this is movement to do these ritual things without protections. 
Oh, raw dog in the spirit world. Well, see, that's raw the thing. They don't. World. They don't want wow. protections. They just want evidence. They want uh, access. They, they want activity. ghost herpes. But you're right. There's dangers there. It's like saying, "I want to venture into the wilderness, but I don't know how to how to survive in that you environment." Yeah, it's like that, or it's like going, "I want to fuck." I don't care if I get pregnant or get STDs. Like Jared, raw dog in the spirit world. Yeah, yeah. it's raw dog in the spirit dog world. So be, be careful with your spiritual practice. Yeah, wrap it up. If you yeah. want to cast some spells, you got to wrap your well, wand. Well, it's, it's not just casting spells. It's, it's creating a safe space. So if you're going to do this, let me give... I want to I wanna do this. Look it up online. Well, look it up online. Create a space that you don't leave before you uh, invoke... Banish it before you leave. Mm. Um, if there is a doorway, I sage the fuck out of the room. If there's a doorway, do not go through that while Unless, shit's going down. Well, I get it. So, for instance, when there were the 12 of us. Because doorways have power, right? Yeah. Okay. When there were the 12 of us, there was a rule. Yo, piss before we start. You can't leave until this is done. Wow. Like, seriously. You guys were not fucking around. No. Okay. You can't so be careful until this is with done. your spiritual practice. So don't, don't raw dog the spiritual yeah. world. Make sure you right. flush yourself with a whole glass of essential oil. But that's why, Mike? <laughs> no, don't do that. That's a really awful idea. Tea tree oil. A lot of irrita- that's awful. irritation. But, Mike, that's why they were getting visited after the fact. Uh, Shit should not. Home. home. Yeah. yeah. Shit should not happen. After you have banished the they forgot shit. forgot to take I their essential oils no, that enema. Makes sense. That makes sense. All right. LBRP, that's all I'm saying. Right now, we're going to jump into a spoopy. Uh, this is one part of a two-parter. Spoopy. Ooh, a twofer. Yeah. Spoopy and then world. we're going to, in our feature segment, we're going to be talking about the Mongolian death worm. Oh, Woo! whoa. That sounds good. Shai Halud. You're alone, in the middle of the night, and the phone rings. It's someone you don't know, or worse yet, it is someone you know, and they're dead. Things have just gotten spoopy. 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 Too spoopy. I can't tell you who I am, and I can't tell you the name of the program, but what I can tell you is that if what they say is true, we're in trouble. Now, we didn't make contact in the way you would think we would. We didn't beam out an episode of The Office towards Andromeda and hear back from alien critics, and we definitely didn't meet them face to face. We found another way to communicate. Something apparently ancient humans would figure out as well. There are countless dilapidated ancient structures around the world, and some of them, not all, but some, were communications arrays. At least a handful on each continent. I'm sure you'll be able to think of a few after I describe what we did. We've been working on this technology for a while. There has been a long-standing theory that sound has a much larger part in the universe than just being random vibrations. That the universe is simply a bunch of vibrations and sound, and if you find a way to manipulate those vibrations properly, you could do things that seem impossible. We proved that yesterday. By creating an extremely, extremely, extremely precise echo chamber and playing certain frequencies into it at precisely the right volumes and the exact right timings, we broke some sort of barrier. Nothing really happened, visually at least. 
We'd run countless tests like these with tiny, minute differences, and this one seemed pretty mundane. There was a slight, unnatural thrumming. The glass between us and the echo chamber shook in regular intervals as if we were playing a bass-heavy song too loudly. The first thing that tipped us off that something was happening was that once we tuned the speakers off, the thrumming didn't stop. My three co-workers and I could all feel this thrumming in our chests. Still kind of like being next to a very loud drum. We talked for a moment before we all fell silent. There was something else now. It wasn't a voice. It was some sort of intelligent vibration. I can't explain it. It was like a voice was inside my chest, but it wasn't speaking. I could just feel what it was saying. My cohorts and I debated on the exact wording afterwards, but we all agreed on the overall messages each time. Like I said, they weren't really talking, so I'll do my best to phrase it in ways that get across what they said in the way they, quote, said it. Ooh, uh, you guys are back? Is that what I felt is what I felt in my chest? My colleagues and I stared at each other in utter confusion. One of them spoke up. Hello, he asked hesitantly. There was a silence for a moment before the thrumming spoke back. I think I have it set right now. Say that again. Hello? I repeated back to it in place of the other scientist. Yep, there it is, he said quickly. You guys figured it out again. That's crazy, it exclaimed. This wasn't what I was thinking the first human-alien conversation was going to go. I wasn't even sure that this was first contact at this point, though. Who is this? What is this? I asked loudly into the open air of our control room. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to give you details like who we are, but what this is is the ultimate form of communication in our universe. Your ancestors figured it out briefly, too. With some quick deduction on how it was wording things, I think each of us figured out what we were talking to was alien in origin around the same time. Where are you from, I asked. You have to be close. Hell, with the way we were talking back and forth, they had to be really close. It takes communications to Mars a few minutes to get there, just because that's as fast as light is. If we were t talking this quickly back and forth, they basically had to be on Earth. I guess you wouldn't know. We didn't tell your ancestors. We didn't think they'd get it. Let me do some math real quick. It was about a minute before it spoke again. What you see as your observable universe, that's not the whole universe. Not even close. Multiply that by about 15 and that's about how far away we are. And there's a lot past that. We all looked at each other. It was speaking utter bullshit to us now. That was impossible. We'd never be able to communicate, ever. Physically impossible. We explained that to the chest voice, and we were met by an equal level of confusion. Why are you still using light as a yardstick? It asked incredulously. Suddenly, its voice grew slightly dire. You're still not advanced enough. You don't even know. Know what? One of my friends asked. You are dead center in the life abyss. There is no life on any planet around you for more than 10 of your observable universes around you in any direction. It's a universal mystery how you're even alive, it spoke grimly. Never in my life had I felt smaller, more insignificant, and more alone. It continued, and there is a reason for that. And that will continue in part two next time. And we're back. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you check out somethingplanet.com for our other great podcast. Our feature segment, we're going to be talking about the Mongolian Death Worm. And uh, no, we did not just choose it because the name sounds like a metal band. Uh, Shy Halloo. Didn't we? 
I mean, okay, yeah. yeah if we're going to we be did. honest, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. We chose it solely on the headline and did not do read it yet at all. <laughs> Wait, I read about it. No, we're, we're, he's joking. Oh. It's a joke. It's fine. I'm here to be honest about what I hey, think about these back things. Back up three feet and take the microphone with you. Yep. Oh, you don't like that I'm, like, looking at you in your eyes? You misogynist piece of shit. Uh, no, I, I was okay. more worried about audio equipment, but now that you brought it up, no, I don't. Please face the wall. Oh, I'm going to face your wall. Oh, we're going to have to cut right. Lauren off soon. She's been... Yep. The Mongolian death worm is a creature alleged to exist in the Gobi Desert. The creature first came to Western attention as a result of Roy Chapman's Andrews' 1926 book On the Trail of Ancient Man. The American paleontologist was not convinced by the tales of the monster that he heard at a gathering of Mongolian officials. None of those present had ever seen the creature, but they all firmly believed in its existence and described it uh, minutely. The 1980, uh, in 1983, a specimen of uh, tar tartar sand boa was shown to locals who claimed to have seen the Olgoi Korkoyai. I'm sure I didn't say Korkoy? that right. Korkoy? And they confirmed that this was the animal they called the, yeah, the Mongolian death worm. Yeah, just okay. say that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> you have to talk in that weird noodle language. Uh, so, so basically, Mon- Mongolia is a region that's landlocked between Russia and Chinese borders, and uh, most associate this world with Genghis Khan. Um, I am a little bit confused now because my entire life I thought the Gobi Desert was in California. Uh, nope. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you were way off on that geography. Guess yeah, so. completely wrong. <laughs> so, uh, some say there is a unknown species uh, also residing in the Gobi, a killer cryptid known as the Mongolian death worm. Uh, locals call it that name I can't pronounce, which directly translates to intestine worm. A name, well, that's not as fun. A name derived from its visceral appearance. Based on eyewitness testimonies, death worms are said to reach five feet in length with large spikes protruding from both ends. That's, that's big. Yeah. Indigenous people claim the invertebrates lay eggs inside of a camel's stomach. Upon hatching, they absorb the color of their host's blood and results in brightly saturated red-hued bodies. Ooh. My favorite S- thing about them is that they have, uh, they're said to have the ability to spit out a corrosive yellow saliva. And generate blasts of electricity. That like the pistol badass. shrimp. Yeah. If a death metal band has not named their band this yet, that that's a mistake. Like that's one of mistake. you guys had to have named it this. You should have named your band the Pistol Shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a punk band. Pistol Shrimp. Um let's see. Simply brushing against the parasite results in excruciating pain and near instantaneous demise. Jesus. Ouch. <laughs> Reportedly, the soil inhabitant can also kill prey from a distance through shooting an electrical discharge or by spitting lethal venom, like Lauren was talking about. Yeah. Deathworms live underground and create distinctive waves of sand upon the surface whilst roaming. So, like uh, that movie with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, graboids. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, graboids. You might. No. Just the layman the, might know it as tremors. Just stick to the rocks. Yeah, you got to stay on rocks. Or you got to like ride like a like a train. Yeah, they can't. They can't hurt a train. So if you're on a train, you're good. Yeah, yes. but if you're on a dune buggy, they'll they'll, they'll tip that over. I can yeah. feel my eyebrow twitching. Why? Why? Why are you talking about tremors with yeah. Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward? That's exactly what this is. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. graboids. If they're called graboids. They're not yeah. called tremors. 
Okay. The so, movie's called Tremor. So uh, for 10 months of the year, they hibernate and then become active in ju- uh, June and July. So yep. it's like right at like the shittiest part of the year in the desert. That checks out, just like in Tremors. Uh, Native Mongolians <laughs> report seeing the creatures surface after heavy rainfall. If larger food sources are unavailable, they will consume rodents and other types of vermin. Or an entire small town in the desert. It is believed the appendage lacking brutes are exoskeletal and shed their skin skin when in danger. Researchers speculate it may be. Oh, I don't know that word. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I you don't, don't know even, that word. Either. I don't even know if I can. Oh. Amphibenidae? Amphibious. No, nope, that's no, not what it is. Look at this word, Jared. All right, where is it? Right here. I don't see where your mouse is. Yeah, we can't see your right, mouse. Right under my finger. Oh, hold on. The the screen is is glitching out hard. That's probably because I'm moving the mouse. Amphisbenaday. Amphisbenaday. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's a it's a Gaelic word that means amphibious. Ask ask uh, Google over there. That's Google like the scientific there. name uh, he's busy of it. Looking Amphis- up whether it's okay to fuck his siblings or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like the scientific name of so it. So it's a carnivorous reptile better known as worm lizards. Uh, yeah. These burrowing saurians reside through the sub-Saharan Africa, South America, and several Caribbean islands. So see, so some people speculate it may be those, but it doesn't seem like it's a big giant worm. Yeah, why would they live on both an island climate and a desert climate? It doesn't make sense. Why, would, why doesn't that make sense? Uh, Westerners first heard of death worms in 1926 following the release of On the Trail of Ancient Man, a book written by American paleontologist Roy Chapman Andrews. So uh, we already we mentioned this already, I think, right? Yeah, yes. I think they already uh, described. Well, so yeah. the amphibious banaday is uh, it's just a classification of a type of reptile. Oh, it's a very specific type that I've never heard of. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, uh, basically, they said it was shaped like a sausage, about two feet long, and had has no head or legs, and it is so poisonous that merely touching it means an instant death. Such a prominent and highly respected figure speaking openly about a supposedly mythical breed greatly piqued the museum's interest. Ooh, there's even a Mongolian picture of one. Yeah, that thing's fucked up looking. Uh, one particularly intriguing account involved a small boy who was playing with his bright yellow ball, which unfortunately caught the limb lacquer's attention. I like how this writer has, like, insults for these creatures. Yeah. Limb lacquer, eat that. <coughs> uh, Gobi residents claim this particular color attracts the slithering beast, so don't wear yellow when you're in the Gobi Desert in July. Uh, when the curious youngster approached it, he reached out and gently stroked the flesh. Within mere seconds, the unsuspecting child was deceased. Why? Why would you touch that thing? Yeah, it seems like a bad idea. It's a horror. Yeah, he deserved that. His parents soon, like, don't just pet anything, okay? Yeah, don't just start touching weird snakes yeah, in the don't, desert. Don't pet the eldritch horror. His parents soon discovered their son's corpse and immediately recognized the post-mortem symptoms. Furious and grief-stricken, they decided to hunt for the slug light perpetrator. Neither parent ever made it back to the village alive. Townspeople suspected they had been killed by the vengeful fiend. Wow. I don't know, do you think this thing is, like, vengeful? This thing doesn't seem vengeful. I, I mean, think. it can spit acid and shoot lightning. <laughs> it's just born vengeful. Yeah. That's true. I mean, don't, yeah, don't chase after something that can shoot lightning out of lightning its face. Lightning acid. Yeah. Lightning and acid. That's, like, that should be called its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
During his final voyage, uh, Markle became familiar with another layer of the centuries-old enigma. While visiting a Buddhist monastery, he was warned of writhing executioners' supernatural abilities. Monks believe the furious... Uh, That's a great term for them, the writhing executioner. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. This would be a metal band name. Yeah, monks believe the ferocious uh, annelids were filled with evil energy. That explains the lightning. Stranger yet, they advised the investigator that a first-hand encounter would destroy him. In spite of brushing off their ominous words, Markle suffered from terrifying nightmares about wriggling crimson carnivores the same evening. Upon waking, he felt a burning sensation on his back. Covering his flesh were dozens of inflamed boils. None of these painful wounds were present hours earlier and could not have been inflicted by any known insects. Did you get for fucking unclean women? Yeah. Marco was uh, convinced his affliction was caused by the Wicked One's spirit. In fact, the researcher was so traumatized by this incident, he never returned again to Mongolia. Are you sure it wasn't just because Mongolia sucks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a garbage land full of trash <laughs> and barbecue. Yeah, why do you think they took over China? Uh... Let's see. Zoological director Richard Freeman was captivated by tales of the massive oriental grub. In 2005, his organization, uh, Center for Fortean Zoology, ventured to the eastern, eastern sector. Freeman soon learned that the cryptid is very much real to nomadic tribesmen. So basically, they all believe it's real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still to this day. Well, this is 2005, but still close to this day. His inter I'm sure that hasn't changed in like no, 14 years. Probably not much. His interpreter informed him of an entire village uh, shifting positions after local inhabitants set eyes upon the terrifying scarlet monster. Over 1,000 miles of the Gobi were scoured by investigators in hopes of unearthing proof of death worms. Excursion members came up empty-handed, but Freeman firmly believes verification has not come forward for strictly political reasons. From 1945 to 1990, Mongolian, uh, Mongolia was under communist rule. Throughout the decades-long reign, authorities uh, crim criminalized searching for the leech identity. Those in power insisted aforementioned endeavors were a waste of resources since the animal did not exist. I mean, that does sound like something a government cover-up would do. Yeah. Insist that it's a waste of resources. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is this thing seems like it could be real. Here's an uh, interpretation. It's pretty terrifying Looks looking. Looks nasty. Yeah. It's probably from Saturn, like in Beetlejuice. You think it could be like some sort of alien that landed like here on a meteor? Sandworm. Yeah, the the Beetlejuice sandworm. Yeah, he was. No, they're from the plane of the dead. Yeah, he no, was. But yeah. I'm thinking like like in like real stuff, like possibly like like this thing was like alive as like a very very small creature or even microscopic creature on like a meteor, and then when it came into our much diverse. Oh, like the thing. Yeah, like the thing. It like comes in, it lands in the desert, and then it's like, oh, well, this is way better than being on a meteor right now. Yeah, I can eat grows. as much as yeah, I want. Yeah, I can eat as much as it wants, and that's oh. why it, like, it's an alien thing. That's why we can't touch it. It just kills us. It's a Superman. Yeah. Because it's on the planet Earth, it's doing so much better, even right. though yeah. it's right. actually because a piece the of shit on its regular planet. Yeah, exactly. and it lives in the Gobi Desert because there's so much sun. It's a Superman. That's all Confirmed, Superman is a Mongolian death worm. I think we did it. All right. We cracked the code. We uh, cracked... Amphis Bane a day. <laughs> we cracked the Da Vinci code. Stuart wasn't even paying attention. Now we're not going to tell him what it was. Uh, let's see. What is... There's there's one more story in here. Uh, per permission for their extensive undertaking was only granted on the condition they would obtain a specimen 
Upon both parties' agreement, the journey was commenced. Throughout the 1920s, a team of scholars combed the Central Asian Plateau in its entirety while hunting the enigmatic Wriggler. Andrews became the first person to discover fossilized dinosaur eggs. So, so they were looking for the Mongolian death worm. Discovered dinosaurs. Found dinosaur eggs. So he was the one that proved that dinosaurs laid eggs. But he probably just thought they were from the stupid worm. (laughs) No, they're from the worms. They're not from weird thunder lizards. Sounds made up, thunder lizards. Mongolian death worms is what we're looking for. And actually, the lightning from the death uh, worm does remind me of, like, the Asian idea of a dragon with the the pearl on its head or the the lightning kind of pearl that's, like, right there in its mouth or on its head. Yeah, because they used to be able to breathe lightning. Mm. Yeah. They believed Asian or Asians believed dragons could breathe lightning. Well, that was just, like the folklore, but it does remind me of that. Like, and also the those type of dragons did uh, they didn't have giant wings or anything like that. They just kind of writhed mm. in the air. They were Mongolian death worms this whole time. It, wings. It does make me think confirm. Of that. Superman, Mongolian, alien death worms. Yep. Crack the code. Hundred percent alien from Saturn. Cracked it, guys. All right, we'll be right back with uh, you. Believe in what? What? Amphis David. What? Welcome back. Now it's time for our segment, You Believe in What? What? Huh? What? Who? Where? What is they? Why? How do you know about it? We don't have any music for this. What? It's just questions. It's just questions. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it's our You Believe in What segment. It's when we find something that is, uh, uh, like, it's a belief that's uh, strange. What? Ridiculous. Even what? for me. What? Yeah, it's, for the money. It's a, it's a belief in something that is strange even for us. Which is very strange. Yes. Uh, this week, this episode, we're going to be talking Pimple about... Earth. A journey to the center of modern hollow earth theory. A pimpler? So it's hollow earth hollow earth theory. You know, John, I'm excited about this because I never dug deep on this because I never gave it any credit or any respect. I hate you. I want you. you to go in on it. I hate you for that pun. What? Going I never it. dug deep on hollow earth theory. Oh, yeah, I didn't I'm get so it. I'm so glad Suck you caught it. my dick. Well, I will indeed. First of all, we all know the world is a tube. Jared, we're not getting into tuber theory. It's tuber theory. <laughs> what? Well, no, I mean, we wouldn't get into it on this because this is a segment of ridiculous beliefs. Yeah. Oh, of course. I, I'm glad that you acknowledge that your beliefs are ridiculous. No, I said so they're not he ridiculous. He doesn't want to talk about it in this segment because this yeah. is where we talk about Yeah, ridiculous. the earth is a tube. <laughs> what, do you believe in hollow earth theory? You dumb bitch. I hate Let's it. talk <laughs> about it. Let's talk about what the dumb shit Lauren believes. I'm going to tie your fucking tubes, okay? Okay. Conspiracy theories get a bad rap these days, and rightfully so, but it wasn't always the case. Uh, I remember, let's see, let's see. Um, One night a little over a half decade ago, while dicking around with my fellow workers, I remembered hearing something far-fetched, even for coast-to-coast. A hollow earth theorist. The man, whose name I can't remember, spoke of another world that exists within ours. Down there was oh, another sun, mushrooms. beautiful valleys, a lost tribe of Israel or two, and dinosaurs. 
dinosaurs. Why, why is the tribe specifically a lost tribe of Israel? Because that's always the theory is that there's a lost tribe of Israel. No, Israelites. Be, it's because that yeah, whenever Israelites. someone goes off the deep end, it's because deep down... They immediately blame the Jews. Yes, because wow. deep down they're racist as fuck. That it is true. It always like, goes that way. Anybody that goes way too far into these type of things, like the like, they, they do, always yeah, bring it, up the Jews. It does seem to be a common theme. Yeah. They always bring them up in some capacity. That's true. But it's a good thing because if you're ever like, hey, have I gone too far? All you gotta do is check in with yourself. Yeah. I do this to myself all the time. Am I blaming the Jews? Hey, yeah. did I mention the Jews? Am I? Do I support Palestine right now? Like, like you just go, hey, um, I believe in weird shit. I believe in magic and aliens. Am I blaming the Jews? No. All right, I'm fine. But once you get to that point, you've gone too fucking far. That's how you know you've lost it. Every time. Every so, time. The godfather of the movement is uh, Edmer, Ed- Edmund Haley of Haley's Comets fame. So this is the guy that discovered Haley's Comet. Okay. He's a 17th century scientist. Proposed, he proposed that the Earth was hollow and the outermost crust, which is where we call home, is about 500 miles thick and has rings beneath it. Uh, okay. The Earth, Haley proposed, kind of looked like a dartboard when uh, looked at and dissected. He got this idea for the irregular readings compasses get near the poles, so he proposed the inner worlds are what is messing with the Earth's magnetism. So, so this is like a good diagram. Did he there. try to jump into a volcano to get to one of the other layers? Um, no, I may maybe the idea the idea kind of festered in a state for around a century, only receiving some minor additions. The next massive update came at the start of the 1800s when a soldier and a scholar named John Cleve Sims Jr proposed that there were several entrances to the hollow earth. I mean, there would have to be. You could always make one more. I declare the earth is hollow and habitable within, containing uh, a number of <laughs> solid concentric spheres, one within the other, and that is open at the poles 12 or 16 degrees. By doorknobs from American Steel. I pledge my life in support of this trust and am ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in the undertaking. <laughs> so this is written in money. Serious. I legit thought money, you were just making that up. And I will second. go beneath the worlds. Yeah, I mean, this is like definitely the, the, the early 1800s like type of scam that was going on at that time. I will dig a hole. Give me money. No, he's found the hole. And he'll go into the but hole. But he can't tell you where it's at. Well, yeah. that's a, it's, well that's, it's either 12 or 16 degrees. Uh, that's the most Moving towards the 20th century, heard. the idea lost a little bit of its steam. No. <laughs> <laughs> when it was essentially debunked for the first time by some meddling scientist. Oh, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling, meddling scientists. scientists and your pesky dog. As these theories often do, however, Hollow Earth managed to carry on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can explain away these facts. <laughs> The theory was still around, yes, but it was essentially taken over by the science fiction community. Think Jules <laughs> Verne, A Journey to the Center of the Earth, Good book. and the like. No, I love science. I've read like three or four science fiction books about Hollow Earth. Yeah, yeah, and they're always fun, but they're they're complete fantasy. Like I, I like the one. Fun. I like the one where the world's full of Morlocks. That's um, Jules Verne. Yeah. No, that's no. I no, thought, it's a different no, Jules Verne. Not. Oh no, that's H.G. Yeah. Wells. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's H.G. Yeah. Wells. Oh, H.G. Wells. Yeah. Uh, Battle of the Worlds. That was one where they ate they, the pe- the mole people ate all the pretty people. Yeah, and yeah, they that became was, uh, the time machine. Yeah, they had the Morlocks was, and, uh, and Tarzan, the Gremlins. Uh, th- uh, so let's see. Uh, 
William L. Bradshaw thrusts an inhabitable version of the internal world into the mind of the public. Uh, the theories range, but a typical description of what modern-day hollow earthers believe is that the interior consists of multiple environments which are punctuated with exotic and extinct animals. Yep, so there's a dinosaur place. And, and then sometimes aliens. There's a sleaze stack place, which is full of lizard people, who just go tss. Yeah, they said there's aliens. In many of the theories, there are these inner world inhabitants are either super advanced or have achieved some form of utopia. Others say that the world has been colonized by missing explorers. In almost all of the theories, the inner worlds are presented as strongly superior to ours. Yep, that's how these things Grass go. Grass is greener. Always. Yeah, never mind that they're all communists. Or underground. Also, how does all the plants and shit grow? Oh, they got, they got their own sun. Uh, inside the earth? There's a sun in the earth, yeah. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. shit, I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, it's surprising that some still clutch the hollow earth theory because for many, modern theories have a religious bent to them. In these theories, it is typically put forward that the lost tribes of Israel inhabit the hollow earth. Jesus Christ. An author by the name of Rodney Clough wrote Rodney this. Rodney Clough. <laughs> he wrote in his 2008 book, Our Living Hollow Earth, that the tribes were taken to the hollow earth, which is where, luckily enough, heaven and hell are also located. How is it spelled? Oh. How is it spelled, Clough? Is that with uh, uh, three Ks? C-L-U-F-F. <laughs> C-L-U-F-K-K-K. K. Uh... In order to understand his ideas uh, a little better, I rang up Cliff to chat. <laughs> he oh told me God. that he came to the theory as a young man when he was introduced to a book by Raymond Bernard called The Hollow Earth. This set Clough on a journey of analyzing scientific, spiritual, and historical evidence from which he believes he found proof that the Earth and most bodies in space are hollow. Of course, yeah. That makes sense. Furthermore, Clough believes without any doubt that there is another sun in the center of the Earth, and there are people who inhabit the Earth's core. That's always my favorite of the hollow Earth theories, is that there's a second sun. It's just a little sun, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's just a little Small. tiny sun. It's like the size of a basketball. It's a mini sun. Yeah, it's like the size of a basketball. No bigger than that. They Otherwise, also it would kill it, them. And they also use it to power their magical engines. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why there's such a utopia. Smaller sun, less chance of uh, skin cancer. Uh, there exists no real place for hollow earthers to organize and recruit as they don't have massive forums on the subject. They've been left behind by time. Clough told me that the group typically talks to each other through emails and that they do have a presence on YouTube. However, when the group wanders into forums like Godlike Productions or other conspiracy sites, they can have trouble playing well with others. They're often made fun of by people who subscribe to cooler theories. Yes, if you were wondering, there's a hierarchy among conspiracy yeah. theories. Oh, wow, yeah, so the hollow earth the- theorists are the fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. To cap it off, there exists some friction with the flat earthers who have become hot as hell of late because each theory makes the other redundant. If one was going to be cool and the other one was going to be furries, who would be the furries of the two? Well, the clearly, flat earthers. Yeah. Well, no, clearly the... F- the hollow earthers are the furries because they're, they're the, the most furries. looked down upon. So what does that make flat earthers like waifu pillow nerds? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, they're yeah, they're they're Comic Con hentai nerds. Yeah, they're the guys walking around in uh, the the full ahejo uh, face uh, sweatshirts I'll and pants. I'll say that I want one of those. Yeah, you're a flat earth nerd. They're, all, they're like less than twenty bucks on Amazon. I really want one. <laughs> um, yeah, I. The thing that the problem I have like so okay. 
I can understand how, like, it's stupid and insane <laughs> and incorrect. However, I can understand mm-hmm. how a flat earther could live their entire life thinking that if they never, like, left their hometown. However, a hollow earther could just go dig a hole or well, go to... Well, it's 500 feet. Yeah, it's fine. far down 500 there. miles fine. thick. Why aren't these motherfuckers spurlunking then? Well, no. Here, well, spurlunking? Hey, here, Jared, uh, is, that, is that still do blurry over there? Uh, no, it's fine right now. All right, go ahead. Yeah, this is the most recent expedition that included Clough. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, okay. Tell me where they went, please. So the most prominent of the modern-day journeys was the proposed voyage to the Hollow Earth, which was set to take place in distant 2007. Clough and other theorists were certain of its success, <laughs> so certain that they even built an itinerary for their trip. The voyage cost around twenty thousand dollars. That's a That's lot good. to take part in, and it, oh, so you had to pay twenty thousand dollars just to be a part of it. Yeah, it wasn't the that wasn't the total budget. That yeah, it was sound it was like supposed to take place in uh, two thousand seven, uh, from June twenty sixth to July nineteenth. Setting off from Moscow on their third day, the first two days were for traveling and sightseeing. Oh, that's nice of them. So, so it's like I don't want to see Moscow if I'm going into the Hollow Earth. Well, you know, you spent twenty thousand dollars. You might as well get something out. Yeah, you might as well get something out of it. All right. On the fourth day, though, they were to fly to Russia. Uh, where they would pronounce Moscow, uh, Mur- Murmansky. No, I know Murmansky. Mur- Murmansky. Murmansky. There's no I at the end. Is that even Murmansky. a real place? Uh, where they would board a Russian icebreaker. That's a kind of ship that you'd use to sail to the to the uh, yeah. The it crashes through the yeah. ice sheets uh, and make their way towards the North Pole. Once they arrived on the ninth day, they would spend days. Three days searching for the opening. That's how it was actually written. Wait, it yeah. was not whoa, saying that. whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. Uh huh. So we're so, charging twenty grand to search for the opening. Well, it's hard to get to the North Pole, so not, that is expensive. No, no, no. So we're paying twenty grand to find. The opening? Oh, they're no, not done with no, the itinerary no, yet. No, for there's, someone there's else? More. Yeah, there's well, more on the itinerary. It, uh, it gets a little eccentric So past from this here point. on out, they would travel up uh, Heideckel River to the city of Jehu, Jehu. Jehu, before taking a monorail trip to the city of Eden to visit the palace of the king of the inner world. After spending their time in Eden, they would make their trip home. If, God forbid, they didn't find the entrance, they'd did have a backup plan. Yeah, they're going to take a monorail to the palace of the king of the inner I'm world. going to need mushrooms for the rest of this article. What the fuck? So, sadly, the expedition never worked out. <laughs> oh, shit. This so, irritates me. Yeah, well, oh, so... Wait, well, I want to hear what their backup plan was. Oh, please. So, please note, if that we were unable to find the polar opening, we will be returning via the new Siberian... Islands to visit skeleton remains of exotic animals through the originate from inner earth. Reads a note at the bottom of the itinerary. So yeah, this was man. It's a proud tradition of scamming people yeah, out of their money. Yeah, this was just scam. a shitty tour. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Mysteriousnesses. Uh, make sure you check out our show notes so you can see all the stuff that we were talking about. Yep. And uh, hopefully we'll be back soon with another episode. We love you. Season three, baby. Yeah. Yep. We're recording all of them tonight. 